0: We live in a culture where we nobody knows what the word "enough" means, or or what what it feels like. Uh, in fact, we are actively discouraged from understanding what enough means. The, you know, the only word you're you're encouraged to understand is "more." You know, it's always it's more, and and even scientifically, this has been shown that you know, in survey after survey, people are all whatever their income level is, they they always. Uh, are never quite satisfied they, they, they think they will be happy with about 20% more than they're currently making and it doesn't matter what they're making it literally doesn't matter they could be making they could be making uh, 20,000 and they would say well I think at 30,000 I'll be happy they could be making uh, 7 million a year and they say oh, about 10 million uh, you know I'll be happy so it's just it's built into the system and I think that is to me one of the main things we have to overcome as a society as as a planet for that matter
1: Welcome to WetWired. I'm Julian Paul Butt. And I'm Sean Anders. We're joined today again by Darren Gerda. We talked last time his, about his most recent book, New Age Wasteland. We spent some time with a few ghosts and ghouls operating in the New Age space, and then dug into woo to q pipeline. Today, we'll spend some time on a few of the more recent influencers in the New Age movement. We also want to shed some light on what might be some of the better ideas coming from the new age movement. Welcome back! Thanks for thanks for chatting with us today uh, again.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's it was fun last time, and I anticipate another scintillating conversation with you guys.
1: Can confirm. So I, I right out of the gate, I, I mean, it's it's in the news. Uh, you've been talking about it a little bit. And uh, it's it's something that that Sean and I have been thinking about and seeing across Twitter, uh, or shitter, whatever whatever you want to call it, <laughs> is is uh, Russell Brand.
0: Shitter spelled with an X at the beginning.
1: <laughs> well, of course, yes, of course, yes, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> XITT,
2: <And, and,
1: laughs> yeah,
2: the the NWADL way.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, Russell Brand has 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 had uh, some of the fun characters come to his defense, such as, of course, Justin or Jordan Peterson. Uh, we, we've got Andrew Tate. We've got. Um, uh, A number of right wing Elon Musk, Musk, of course, Elon Musk. You know when you have these kinds of folks rushing to your defense, boy, does that not look good?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It it does not look good. No, Uh, I just did a video about about that this morning about that particular group of individuals because a few days prior I had done a video about. You know, yeah, basically making the point that you just made. Why would somebody uh, who frames himself, who positions himself as a leftist, or at least traditionally has done that, uh, even at one point proclaiming himself to be a leftist revolutionary, who very famously told people not to vote—not very revolutionary—but he, um, you know, when 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 the people on the opposite side of the um, political aisle are coming very quickly coming to your defense, you got to wonder what's going on there. So, in my follow-up video, I, I I just made the point, which I think in retrospect is 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 obvious, that they they may be defending him for the reasons we all suspect that that Brand isn't actually a leftist. That he has uh, position he has moved further and further into the right-wing um, blogosphere and information bubble. Uh, And 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 he's done that some some might say or some have said that he has done that strategically, that he sort of he knew the day was coming when uh, there would be some sort of reckoning for his behavior. So he um, was, you know, intent on establishing a kind of digital army or a cultic uh, following who would immediately jump to his defense and say, you know, and, and basically cast him as the victim. You know, he's the victim of a witch hunt. He's the victim of. Of, of the deep state or whatever it might be um, because he has basically become a conspiritualist that that's been his pivot. He is, uh, as you said, at the top of the, of the uh, podcast that he, he's a representative of this Wu pipeline, which I've also been calling the uh, love and light to far right. Uh, that's the other way, way I've been oh, thinking man. about Oh <laughs> man. Yeah.
1: So the, 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 that's pretty good. the aphorisms that you have are, are perfect.
0: Thank you. Well, you know, you spend <laughs> enough time around them. You got, you got to start using different, different names. Uh, so yeah, in this case, he is one of those guys. And um, the point that I was making in this recent video is that th- they may be protecting him because he's one of their own. There is some truth to that, no question. But I think mo- more, um, more to the point, they're protecting patriarchy really, because on on the right, there tends to be a um, blithe dismissal or just really not much concern for sexual assault allegations and, and things like that. They are, there is, there is a lot of, um, you know, complicit. There's a, there's basically a, a tendency to just brush all those things under the rug. No big deal happens all the time. It's boys will be boys, you know, all of that, whatever forms of justification they use, uh, on the right. Obviously they did so with, uh, Mr. Trump and his, uh, you know, Grabbing women by the pussy and all that situation—they were fine with that. They were fine with dozens of sexual assault allegations that were well known before he even got into office. They were fine with Brett Kavanaugh uh, doing his thing, um, and even people in Congress at the time were saying, "You know, yeah, we believe the allegations; they're totally credible. We still want this guy on our team." You know, I mean, that—that yeah. that was just and
1: it, it. And and it's and it's almost like a combination of of either uh the the opposite of believe all women Uh, that that aphorism of of don't believe any women (laughs) but it's the opposite it's don't believe any women uh or or it's we don't care it's one of those two it's 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 we don't give a shit uh that's fine because that's his right as a man to do whatever he wants
0: yeah, I think I think with the with the right in general. I mean, of course, I'm making all kinds of generalizations, but uh, my tendency is to think that it's we don't give a shit. I think that's really that's the bottom line. But the the the, the cynical move on Brand's part was that, well, assuming he did it intentionally, we we have no way of knowing this. But um, you know, for somebody who wants to live in the moment and all that, it's kind of actually it might be a little hard to believe. But let's just assume he was playing 5D chess and he. Um, so what he's doing by going into conspirator, conspiracy, conspiracy territory, the the tendency of the conspiracist is to um, there's a difference between uh, healthy skepticism, which I would encourage, and uh, you know questioning authority versus not believing anything anyone in authority ever says. So if that is that your your way of thinking, you have automatically uh, a group of people who will. You know, if the accusations are coming from any kind of mainstream media or anything, they will automatically reflexively question the source. So it's not a question of it is, it is as you say, Sean, it's not it's not a question of um, believe all women. It's more a question of disbelieve all media, you know, and if that's if that's your default, then again, you've automatically amassed this army of people who are going to not question uh, what you've put forward. So, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely an example of somebody who again has gone from this uh, love and light to alt right uh, pipeline or far right or wherever he is. I mean, he's he's a chameleon, so it's really hard to take him seriously on <laughs> really he's you know, part of his brand, so to speak, is that he's he's kind of a he's a kind of a consummate bullshitter, you know. I mean, he 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 says all kinds of things, some of which are true, some of which are are profound, some of which are totally ridiculous some of which are incendiary you know he he's, he's he's he has the gift of gab unquestionably he's an excellent uh, he's an excellent talker um, but uh, you know most of what he says is as far as I can tell not to be really taken all that seriously
1: and you you mentioned you mentioned that he's a chameleon and that all right so there are so many things that we need to criticize him for that are legitimate criticisms and I want to bring up one illegitimate criticism <laughs> because it, it has just been f- fucking picking at me, which is his crazy fucking eyes. <laughs> like, he, 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 I, am I the only one who, who like every time that I see him, he has the craziest fucking eyes that look like perfect circles that that he's he's about to tell you the craziest thing that you've ever heard in your entire life. I I don't know. I, I just that's, wanted to bring that up yeah, briefly and get it out part of the his. way.
0: Well, that's part All of. Right. His. I'm
1: just I'm looking at a picture of him right now,
2: and yes, he has the crazy eyes as he's telling you the hidden truths about how everything really works.
0: <laughs> well, his his background is is in theater, right? So he just he knows how to he knows the, the emotional ma- manipulation techniques very well. So and he's a good he's an excellent performer. He's good at what he does. There's no question. But um, as just to sort of uh, you know legitimize your 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 comment, Jules. There was something um that I heard recently about um I believe it was on the Conspirituality podcast. Um sorry to mention a, a competing podcast. Oh no well, mention anything know, you don't know we with that okay but they yeah. um they did a uh, Matthew um the main guy did did a short little thing on brand short meaning like you know for a for a podcast it was like a half an hour. But he talked about how one of the victims uh in this case Actually, all of the victims, he was going through their reports, and he was saying that there are certain similarities to the way that Brand behaved towards these women. Um, and one of the things that they almost all mentioned was that a certain at a certain point, at the height of his kind of uh, antagonistic, aggressive behavior towards them, he he would, his eyes would change, and he would go his eyes would become interesting. Very, like I uh, read he, that he called them like they said something like they would go black or something like that, almost like he left his body in some. Unexplicable way that, you know, that was obviously very disturbing, but but memorable to these uh, victims.
2: I read some reporting about that exact same thing, that the consistency between these different stories, the the different accounts of the women about his actions that they would describe that that, you know, that that his uh, his expression would totally change. And and the and specifically the words that his eyes went black. I, I mean, it Yo, sounds, so you, it sounds you like Sam and Dean
1: Winchester in in Supernatural encountering a demon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just too much.
2: It is a bit too much. You, you mentioned something, Darren, about the, you know, the, well, Jules did too, about the support that's been, you know, coming out of almost thin air, apparently, with all of these different kind of uh, far right or alt right types figures, like, you know, like the people we talk about all the time you know the petersons and the tates and all these people that are supporting the uh supporting brand and immediately arguing against the validity of any accusations toward him because nobody could ever do anything wrong and there i think i see in there i would never attribute a lot of self-awareness to any of those figures so i don't think that this is necessarily a conscious action but I see in this so much self-interest because I can't help to, but to, when I think about what the world looks like to these people and the, the various niches that they've carved out the, for themselves and social media and on, on, you know, sort of so-called free speech pl- video platforms like Rumble that they see themselves being accused. Because there is so much in Russell in Russell Brand's presentation and in in the audience that he caters to that is shared by them, and a lot of times it's the same people that follow these multiple figures. I mean, the crossover between you know somebody like Joe Rogan and Russell Brand—that's yeah, totally. that. Those are two circles laying on top of each other, pretty much. <laughs>
0: pretty much, yeah. and
2: and and you're still even though Russell Brand. Has probably a different uh, appeals to slightly different crowd of people than somebody like Andrew Tate. I am sure there is considerable crossover, and likewise with somebody like Jordan Peterson. You know, Jordan Peterson, who has also expressed his admiration for Andrew Tate and sees him as this epitome of masculinity. Has he really? The oh yeah, oh, yeah. he ha- absolutely cool has. Because as when when Tate got arrested in the raid in Romania. Peterson came out and said you know like this this guy like we really like, he needs to be a role model for young
1: men and you know like it's even Sean, after yeah this first, was
2: after even after
1: <laughs> first, yes first they came for the neo-nazis and I said yes. nothing <laughs> and I said nothing <laughs> and then they came for the pseudo christians and I up.
2: found there were, I found there was nobody left <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god we're laughing about it now but
2: uh, yeah, I think
0: uh, I, Sean. I think you're totally you're totally right. I think it's that's part of what uh, frightens the right so much, um, especially if they uh, again it goes back to patriarchy. It's, again, if the, if these trends actually start to change substantially in society, that the idea that women are property and men can do whatever they want with them, or at least they're second class citizens and they they have no they don't have bodily autonomy. You know, if those things start to take purchase in uh, in society at large, a lot of those people are are finished. Uh, you know, not just yeah, these not just in terms of their personal lives and the things they may have done uh, that might catch up to them at some time, but just in general, they they um, they lose a very like a pillar of their uh, one of their main talking points. You know, of what the right I mean, is all about. Absolutely, yeah, they're,
1: they're dinosaurs. They're 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 just going out of existence.
0: I freaking hope so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would like to believe. Uh, on an optimistic point, that it's it is an, it's inevitable that these that these people are are going to die off. The the winds are shifting, not just demographically but ideologically. You know, it's just a matter of time before, again, as you say, these people just literally leave the face of the earth, and with them, uh, a lot of their their ideas. You know, when I see trends and and statistics showing that so many people are leaving organized religion, so many people are you know leaving uh, the cults that they grew up and so on. You know. That, to me, is is, is a sign that, that the shift is actually, you know, taking place and that it's there, again, there inevitable. Was,
1: there was this I don't remember if it was a TikTok or if it was an article that I was reading, but something something came across my radar last week where uh, the person was talking about how in in. New age circles. I mean, th- I'm thinking specific, I think this person was talking about burning man specifically. Um, but you know, crossover, you get the idea. Um, they were, they were saying how, while there are a lot of really excellent, positive ideas, uh, uh that there also is this almost open invitation and, and, uh, really susceptible, uh, um, conditioning that's that, that occurs, where uh people who are extremely toxic and ta- patriarchal take advantage of some of the more liberating ideas and twist them just enough to to do predatory things uh, thinking specifically like uh, in the, in the case of like free love I I myself am am you know pretty much in that camp of of free love and and uh, those sorts of ideas. I mean, I'm 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 solo poly. I'm a relationship anarchist, and uh, and and so I, I'm about as free love as it gets, as far as my thinking on that. However, uh, I I can see how easy it is for somebody to to move into some of these spaces, and and just introduce really uh, uh, exploitative or, or or toxic or abusive ideas, and then say. As soon as, as soon as they're called out for it, Hey, what are you, are you not cool with this? Are you not free thinking enough? And use that, that idea of not being free thinking enough to essentially dismiss these w- legitimate, uh, uh, uh call outs of, of abuse and toxic behavior and things like that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it seems like that's, that's in line with what we're talking about with the brand.
0: Absolutely. It is on brand. I mean, he, he himself, um, it was in the Kundalini yoga world for many years. He studied under this woman named Tej Korkalsa, who was an apologist for Yogi Bhajan. So Yogi Bhajan is uh, no, a notorious uh, sexual abuser. He, there are dozens of women, maybe even hundreds at this point who have come forward, most of which happened after the, um, publication of this book called Premka, uh, white bird in the golden cage that was by this woman pamela dyson and she spilled the beans she's she was a a personal assistant to to yogi bhajan for for years and years um but anyway we, we might go back to that but but the general point you're making is is spot on there the the whole new age space especially when you when you enter the space of more specifically kundalini yoga and um tantric yoga and this kind of and free love communities and all that that is a, a, a situation that is just rife for um, for abuse and and all kinds of things. And I can speak to this directly, uh, having been in a sex cult myself. That was that was that's been one of my uh, motivations for was my, one of my motivations for writing this book is sort of telling that story in some form or another. Um, and it wasn't like a deeply traumatic thing for me. Um, I was spared some of the worst, um, you know. What well, would I say? Trauma, because uh, mostly because of my gender, but uh, in general, it is—it's just a thing. It's—it's it's well known that um, people who who are—I mean—in the book, I have an entire section of of the cult chapter devoted to uh, former gurus, disgraced gurus who um, were all accused of sexual assault. It's like these days, it's hard to find somebody who isn't a New Age teacher. Or or guru or Indian guru or whatever who who uh, yoga guru who um, hasn't been accused of that you know it's 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 way more common for to find the opposite and so what what that is what that's all about is yes it's about sexual manipulation it's about grooming you know in in lots of different ways but it's it what it is also about is is you know essentially about control one of the things that um, when you when you go into alternative spaces especially. Uh, cult-like groups and religious groups, the guru or the head of the cult is going to generally either encourage complete abstinence or complete um, sexual freedom and promiscuity. And the reason they do this is because it's really two sides of the same point. What they're trying to do is uh, limit the number of emotional interactions among the members. They they're trying to limit the intimacy of the actual members of the group. And this is also why they separate families and so forth. They, they, you know, send the kids off to a boarding school and they, and they, and if the married couple's married, they have them split up and maybe take different partners. The idea is you don't want to have too much of emotional bonding within the group. Um, You want all of the emotional bonding to, to be directed towards the group leader, towards the cult leader. So uh, what I'm saying is that there's a, there's a very uh, specific reason why this is done. Um, You know, one can argue about whether, whether it's conscious every time, but that <coughs> is definitely the pattern. That's how it happens in almost all of these groups is that either they say, yeah, sleep around as much as you can. Um, again, as a way to prevent sort of deep and lasting emotional bonds, uh, which is not to say that those bonds cannot be, I don't want to want to diss the, uh, free love, uh, lifestyle jewels, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, completely, but, but in terms of an, of, of a group where it's, um, that most there's a fair amount of social isolation that's how it tends to work to maintain the most the greatest degree of control is either yeah sleep around as much as you want or don't sleep with anybody you know and and basically (laughs) direct all of your attention and all of your love all of your devotion your intimacy your uh oedipal urges you know all of that to, to to me you know that's that's essentially the message there
1: yeah you, you, what you're saying uh, uh Daniela Mastenik Young the the uh, author of Uncultured we, we chatted with her uh, a handful of weeks ago and uh she she studies cults and was in the Children of God uh, uh cult yeah and uh and she specifically says exactly I mean on the nose what you just said about about how cults use sex either in deprivation or in abundance, but one of, one of those two opposites yeah, to, to control the members.
0: Yeah. You're controlling you're, as soon as, as soon as you hear somebody speaking about uh, how you should behave sexually, you're obviously, you're, you're trying to control that person's something that is one of the most personal things that they, you know, you're controlling not only their physical body and how they can move through the world and interact with others, but, but you're controlling their emotional you know, their emotions as well. So it's it's part of the checklist of the, you know, one of the things that defines a cult, at least by, you know, there's there are certain different researchers who define define them different ways. But the one of my go to's is Stephen Hassan's bite model, the uh, behavior control, information control, thought control and emotional control. So it's part of the emotional yeah, control yeah. situation. Uh, you know, it's just one of one of the items on the checklist. But um, yeah, there's there's a broader point that we might want to go back to about, um, you know, the, how that shows up so frequently in, um, in New Age circles. And, you know, there are related topics having to do with like gender essentialism and all this other stuff that is unfortunately also very ripe in, uh, rife in the New Age community. This idea that there's a sacred masculine, and a sacred feminine, and you, your job is to, you know – There's a there's (laughs) a very strong more to the point there's a very strong uh, anti-trans sentiment undercurrent in the the new age yeah of like you know well what about what about people who don't identify as either and you know are they less spiritual I mean I remember um, a video that I I stitched fairly early on where there was a creator and he went by the name of oh goodness I'm not going to remember maybe I maybe I'll remember. A bit later but he was a young creator who mysteriously had hundreds of thousands of followers on tiktok and he was talking about how god is a, a like a binary computer he's binary so if you identify as non-binary you are absent from god and and the wow. woman and yeah and he just went on and on how this was some profound teaching or whatever and i was like as soon as i was like this is bigotry straight up like what what the f are you talking about? First of all, you're wrong. The, the, the universe is not binary. It's like obviously everything's a spectrum. Light is a spectrum. Energy is a spectrum, etc. You know, it just it goes on and on. There's no, you know. In, in fact, you know, most spiritual teachers will will wax poetically forever about how it's a it's a unity. You know, there's it's all it's all one. You know, so it's what are you talking about in the first place? And then so and the person who who stitched this there it was a, and originally a duet with this other woman and. I made a comment on her thing and she 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 didn't get it. I, I liked was trying to explain it, like this is big this is bigotry. This is and then she kept saying you know, <laughs> trying to do the spiritual bypassing stuff about like, well, you know, I love all people, but if, if you, you know, it's up to. It's, I agree that it's up to somebody to identify how they want, but they should just be careful how they identify. You know, and like she couldn't see the point. She just couldn't <laughs> get to the point that like what you were saying is inherently a, a bigoted point of view. But at any rate, it is not. Uh, it it doesn't take much to come across these kind of people uh, in the new age space. It's they're they're everywhere.
1: And you could really see the connection where where there there's an easy transition from. From th- these kinds of spaces where uh, where it's so quick and easy to dismiss, uh, whether we're talking about dismiss uh, uh, ac- accusations of of sexual assault or or something else like that, uh, or or the same spaces where it's so easy to be anti anti LGBTQ specifically trans, uh, and and have this stones throw away from. The alt right, I mean the woo- the wooed Q as you were saying, and and with Russell Brand, I mean wh- it, I, I think you 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 even uh, made the point in one of your uh, episode or one of your uh, videos about how he rebranded himself because he really went from this you know seemingly leftist or at least liberal space into what is now pretty much like dominated by the far right. And I I've even noticed that there's this there's this tendency for people like Russell Brand, and I would even say Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, where all of them at various points have have made this kind of a presentation of, hey, I'm neutral. I'm neither left nor right. Just asking questions. And I'm, I'm just asking questions. And 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 I'm so smart because I'm neither left nor right. And I'm so smart because I'm in the middle and turns out every time that i hear somebody say that it turns out they're fucking alt right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And either I'm they not- come out a, d- later as that or 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 they just don't have any awareness of themselves <laughs> yeah. that it's right wing politics.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's 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 like uh, tell me you're alt right without telling me
2: you're alt right. You know, like it, it, yeah. It, and before that, there was a meme. yeah. Just say you listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. that's <laughs> how you tell him. Exactly. That's yeah. how you tell me you're all right without being yeah. all right. <laughs> well,
0: it actually makes me think of uh, of an even older meme um, where there was um, this was sort of during the, I believe during the like 2016 campaign or something. Um, you know, the the person is saying it's it's a Scooby Doo cartoon, and the person is wearing a mask, and they're saying you know, both sides are, both sides are the same. You know? And then they pull off the mask and it says like, yeah, all right. You know, or like, you know, you're, you would only say that if you're a right, uh, I'm not doing the meme justice, but you would only say that if you're coming, if you're from the right, you know, again, tell me, Oh, tell I, me I've your,
1: seen that one. It's, it's so on the nose. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to interrupt her vibe too much, but I, I feel like I'm hearing some static a little bit from somebody. Um, And I'm not sure if we need to necessarily address it or if it'll come out in post, but... We don't
2: need to. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, Yeah, and uh, so uh, you you mentioned... uh, um I mean, so I, I, I feel like we've beaten a dead horse about, about Russell Brand at this point. Uh, but I, but I did want to get back to you mentioned, uh, uh, Yogi Bhajan earlier, and it seems like this person, I, I barely heard of them recently, uh, but I've seen them in in a bunch of your videos where you're, you're talking about some toxic person and then halfway through the video. And also they, here's this connection to Yogi Bhajan. And, 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 uh, it it seems like there there are all these different influencers th- that that we could consider in the modern day. He died a handful of years ago. I don't remember how many, but uh, but it seems like his tentacles are still just permeating throughout the new age movement in in recent years, and and over and over again that he comes up as as like the new source. I mean, it, it used to be it used to be. Uh, um, some somebody like, like uh, Phineas Quimby, or or maybe uh, uh, uh somebody like Napoleon Hill, or 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 somebody yeah. like that. Um, and and always, always, it's always uh, um, Madame Blavatsky behind everything, right? Ever, right. forever. But but like more recently, it seems like his tentacles are showing up. Uh, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about him? What's he? What's his deal?
0: Yogi Bhajan, he's the guy who introduced um, kundalini yoga, so-called kundalini yoga to the West. He, uh, he it, It's not exactly – it's not connected um, to any tradition in India that was known as kundalini yoga. But he popularized the term and you know, so, so quote-unquote kundalini yoga. He developed a form of it that he um, – that he associated with Sikhism because he was a Sikh before he moved to the United States. And I think it was 68. He died in 2004, by the way. But he, yeah, he was the guy. And with him, under him studied uh, Katie Griggs, also known as Guru Jagat. And she was a QAnon person. And um, then, then this Tej Korkalsa, who I mentioned, who was, an, you know, an apologist for for him, who basically said, yeah, just people trying to bring him down, you know. He's too powerful. He's too awesome. Too great, you know. So it, these are, and and there's a whole army of, of people like that in the Kundalini space that still exist. They still maintain to this day that that the guy's innocent, despite these hundreds of of allegations and uh, and not just um, sexual assault allegations and rape allegations. There he was he was uh, uh, dealing with dealing in arms and you know um, drug trade and <laughs> I mean just you name it. He was just he was all over. It. Racketeering, fraud—you know the whole thing. He was up and down the whole checklist. You know he was he was deep in it. Um, so uh, just a scam artist from the beginning. You know the the weird thing about it is that I have a connection to Yogi Bhajan directly through no my uh, mother-in-law. Actually, she was she studied with him. Yeah, she grew up. She she is a she is, remains a, a complete devotee of him uh, for many years. And a, a, every time we're with him, she will. Uh, every time we're spending any amount of time with with her, inevitably she will uh, bring up Yogi Bhajan. She'll say, oh, Yogi Bhajan used to say blah, 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 you know, whatever it happens to be about food or, you know, some way. Because one of the things that he famously did is that he was very controlling, as all cult leaders are, to his uh, students. You know, they had to dress a certain way. They can only go to the bathroom in a prescribed way. They could only eat certain foods. They had to uh, interact with others in a very particular way. Everything was very prescribed. But he himself to live this very licentious lifestyle and went on Beverly Hills shopping sprees and uh, bought expensive cars and jewels and ivory and you know I mean everything he's just you know exactly what you would expect out of a like whatever ca- I think of Seinfeld humor, I think you know?
1: man that guy has got to be a yogi with all the cars that he loves I mean obviously yeah
0: exactly yeah yeah Right. Yeah. Uh, no. You know. You, you really know somebody how spiritually evolved they are when they when they have a fleet of Rolls Royces. That's that's how you can tell. Um, yeah. He 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 brought all that all that toxicity over here. And um, my mother in law, by the way, doesn't know. I, I'm pretty sure she doesn't even know about the allegations. You know, in her mind, he is still this pristine, enlightened figure who she will ever forever revere. And she's at the age now where you know I, I just don't even bring it up. I don't even. Uh, you know, I just say whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't bring up the allegations because that that would pretty much end our relationship. I think he would, she would chose, she would choose him over me. You know, I mean, we have a decent relationship as far as as it's far like as the, the topic you don't In-Laz talk In-Laz about at Thanksgiving. She would just, yeah, she would. That would be the your end uncle
1: uh, exactly. needs to not be on the rant at Thanksgiving. So go go ahead and not mention yeah. Yeah. anything on that topic.
0: Yeah. Your Trump supporter, yeah, we're not going to go into that topic. It's 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 that and then some because it's it's, it's such a deeply held um, conviction for her. You know, I mean, this is the, the the she's been in many spiritual traditions over over her many years,
1: but um, she. Uh, I mean, the jewels part of it. I mean, so, the jewels and the yeah, and the can't even go there. Sp- sports cars that that really blows my mind, and but I can see it. I can see it. The part that is harder for me to grasp if you want to elaborate what's the deal with the guns i mean i mean is this is this kevin spacey and and he's got a turban on what's what's going on here
0: <laughs> it might be yeah it, it's um it's it's just that he was a very shrewd businessman he was a capitalist from the get go you know he was before he be- he started the 3HO organization which stands for happy healthy holy um, he wanted to become he was an, he was a customs inspector in delhi and when he moved to the united states uh, he he wanted to start an import export business that was his main job and then he picked up on this vibe that uh, all the hippies were laying down and he's like wait a second i can i can really import uh, cap, cash. Yeah, in george on this. george
1: costanza um, with
2: guns <laughs> art Vandelay, <laughs> yeah essentially so you know
0: yeah i mean to to be uh, to be fair, the 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 person who was convicted of this particular conspiracy, which is like twenty tons of marijuana and a, a, a cache of of of, of um, AR fifteens and so forth, he was convicted of of conspiring to import all of these things. But Yogi Bhajan very famously was exceptionally controlling, and he would never yeah. not know about something. So you know, we can we can very easily uh, assume that he knew exactly what was happening. But it was yeah. all about the men I mean that's the whole thing. It was not there was never a point at which he stood on principle. He was like how can I make the most money out of all, all of this? And the 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 yogi trick uh, which is he's not the only one to do this, but the yogi trick is simply to say, well, I'm I'm amassing all of the, all this wealth and all this these opul- signs of opulence so that I can yeah. teach you about detachment. You know, I I have all these things but I'm not I'm not attached to any of them. You know, they they could just be taken away tomorrow and I'll be just as happy and just as enlightened you know so that that's how they always spin it you know i mean it 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 begs the question of, of why they need 32 rolls royces instead of just one you know but hey you know it's this more the more to attachment fair, the more unattachment the, one the of better, my all-time
1: favorite films uh harold and maude uh maude uh she she says at one point she says um well uh she, she's talking about all the all the things she likes to collect and she says yeah, but the, the key thing is I don't have any attachment to it. Here today, gone tomorrow. That's what I say. And she and she meanwhile the opening scene is is her stealing the priest's vehicle. <laughs> and then and then and then saying, "Hey, you want a ride uh, yeah. over to to Harold?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got. I. I just to be clear, I have nothing oh, against yeah, sure. unattachment. I think in, that's actually it's a very you're wise. In, you're it's in a very good wise company for sure. But, but it was just. You know, it it's just. A, it's
1: just oh, I was just saying. It's, to, it's just very funny that in that film she says the same thing the Yogi Bujan's saying, and I yeah. think is a little more sincere in the yeah. film. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah yeah it's just a very strange pathway to like you know and and by the on the same token that's how this the, the people justify uh the guru justifies um sexual, yeah. sexually assaulting their students they're they're just helping them they'll help they're helping them reach enlightenment they're 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 giving them they're giving them shakti they're giving them this uh energetic transmission uh when they anally rape them you know i mean it's just it's 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 a uh, it's a classic it's just the way they, yeah. you know. Sorry to, yeah, be grasping, absolutely. But that's you know that's what's going on. You know they, um, they, um, you know it's it's basically. And I have a couple of videos about this. The the idea that en- enlightenment is a scam, and that, and that is the idea. Like you know, maybe it's possible for someone to overcome ego or however you want to define d- define um, enlightenment. But um, the way that it's traditionally used is like almost every guru at some point or another um, yeah. claims to be enlightened. You know, that's, that's
2: their ticket. It's cause to you can just fucking say it. Getting
0: more followers, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. You can, yeah. You there can is no way it. to refute it's it. You unfallable. can't say somebody else isn't enlightened. You know, like if, if you start to question, exactly. you say, well, you know, my experience yes, in these spiritual, exactly. in these traditions and you know, that, that, you know, these are the things, these are the signs that you would, might recognize in, 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 in a being who was enlightened. And the enlightened person can just say, no, that's wrong. You'll learn that when you're yeah. enlightened too.
0: Exactly. It, that's why I call it, it's a scam because it's a free pass on every sort of uh, horrible behavior that you can possibly imagine. You are once you say that you are above accountability of any kind. It's just the, again, a free pass to do whatever the fuck you want to anybody at any time and justify it uh, exactly in retrospect as an enlightened act. You know, even even killing somebody. I killed somebody. I killed that whole group of school children, I plowed them down with my bus because, you know, whatever, make up a reason, whatever, because, you know, uh, some deity told me to and it was for the greater good, you know, everything's for the greater good. So again, it's just as soon as somebody says, I'm enlightened or even gestures towards that or even fails to refute someone saying, Oh, you seem so enlightened. uh, You know, just run for the hills. They are they're about to pick your pocket or brainwash you or something. There, that belief system is the epitome of way. of
2: drinking your own Kool Aid, because you you've you've gotten to the point where all the stuff you've been selling to <laughs> yeah. people, you've been buying into it as well, and there's almost no road back from that, because you have to give up all of the things that come along with that amount of power over this group of people. You give up all of those things if you're going to like if you're going to start questioning your own accomplishments. And there's the, the person is just spoiled at that point.
1: Yeah. It, it,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately the, 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 pattern seems to be that most of the people who are, again, these dozens of people who have credibly been accused of sexual assault and other things like Yogi Bashan, they almost always, what they just, they tend to do is just, they flee. They just go back to once these, once the shit hits the fan, they just go back to India or wherever they, wherever their homeland is from. And in most cases, they, uh, they lay low for a, a few years, and then they start all over again. It, it's it's like the cop who uh, is accused of uh, doing something horrible in one he just, gets just gets reassigned in, in another
1: in another, you know, another one somewhere else. Yeah. He just, he just moves reassigned. to another
2: town or something like that,
1: or or the priest uh, or the priest that's posted in yeah. an, another parish. Same I mean, exact same deal. thing going on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> same thing,
1: same thing in the same sense. It, it's it's really that that sort of uh, uh, line of thinking that. That we see somebody saying, "Ah, uh, no, 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 listen, uh, see, uh, I got a message from God. It's in my voicemails. I can't show you, uh, but I got a message from God. And here's the deal. Uh, he really <laughs> wants me to have sex with you today.
2: There's an old story with uh, Tenzin and, you know, where he was he did the same deal. And, you know, like with helping a student overcome his ob- homophobia. So, of course, there's only one way to do that. Like we, we got to get it on <laughs> yeah. right now. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just right. Uh, right. give them a box
1: yeah. of cigarettes uh, as the, as the solution here.
0: Yeah. So what it, what it all boils down to in these, in these spaces um, to get back to this larger theme is that there, there is, there is a very thin, if it exists at all uh, sense of, yeah. of consent. And and what that what that is, you know, I mean that's one of the things that we are grappling with as a culture, and 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 as we you know deconstruct from patriarchy and all that, is like what is what does that actually mean, um, you know? You will you will hear uh, people uh, feminists that I tend to agree with, and and just saying that anything short of a full and enthusiastic yes between consenting adults of equal uh, in an yeah. equal power position. Anything other than that is is uh, manipulation, some form of a sexual assault, if not straight up rape. And in and in this case, when you're talking about cults and things like that, um, and I talk about this in the book, it is n- it is absolutely not uh, a shared uh, level of authority. So you're dealing with a, you're dealing with um, a, a huge imbalance of power. And in that situation. Um, it doesn't seem that it, it's even possible that consent could even be, uh, you know, it's not even part of the equation. It's 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 already built into the system that this person has. Again, if they claim they're, they're enlightened, you're not enlightened by default. So, you you want what they have, and then you're they're already on this pedestal, and because of that power differential, they can exploit you in, in really any way that, that they want. So, and even even in more nebulous uh, situation, that that one that instance to me is quite clear that you know consent cannot be offered so each time so the person quote unquote sleeps with their student that's rape. so when we move into uh, something more a little bit more nebulous of like just more like the kundalini yoga spaces or the free love spaces or whatever especially if it has this spiritual yeah. veneer on the top on top of it you also have to ask the same kind of things and and this unfortunately this topic is also coming up in um uh, guided uh psychedelic uh treatment uh uh, Pap psychedelic. What's, I'm I'm forgetting my own acronym. My own acronym. Yeah. Um, psychedelic assisted therapy. When you're um, helping somebody, you've been trained to uh, go through uh, this process with people as they're healing. And and I don't want to dismiss the healing potential of psychedelics because they there there is that for sure. And at the same time, there's also this whole um, this whole opportunity for abuse. For some of the same reasons, because you're dealing with, again, a power differential between the student and the teacher. And in some cases, we've already had um, plenty of cases where the where the the teacher or the guide has directly exploited that uh, power differential and and done essay on, you know, sexual abuse on the students. And in other cases, it's just slightly more nebulous where you know the 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 student whether it's because of ecstasy or some other drug that's making them feel more open and they're feeling these oedipal urges or whatever and uh uh guy doesn't have the wherewithal to deal with that or to stop it or to you know uh, redirect that energy or whatever and it happens that way but but in any case it's it's another situation where there is a a great potential for abuse specifically because of this power differential that arises in these kinds of situations, and I think we just have to be very uh, cautious about that and very wary of of any any situation where that uh, again that power different. I, I think is, with is, force is one of the
1: difficult things to to wrap one's brain around is that you're usually confronted with, or you're we're we're often presented with this idea of force is violence. Force is a uh, the rhetorical gun to your head, and even if we're to expand that that uh, phrase, a gun to your head, you still don't have to do the thing. So, with a gun to your head, it's it's a threat. It's it's a a consequence of not following this will of this of this other person. But that use of force with with violence is in itself really just a motivating factor and that motivating factor is, is by putting you in a position where the alternative has such significant consequences that it's not really so much a choice that is freely given, uh, or, or as it's, as, as, uh, you would say, if you're signing up for the IRA, uh, 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 this is freely given without mental reservations or or purpose of of evasion, uh, or or whatever the phrase is. Um, I mean, because I mean that phrase is written into the IRA's thing in the nineteen twenties in the same way f- for the same reason that we use the phrase "a gun to your head." Is that all of this is motivating you with an alternative? Of consequences. And that alternative of consequences comes from the capacity to bring down consequences on a person. And if you're in a position of authority, those consequences are potentially, I mean, in the case of a job, losing your income, in the case of a community where your community is centered around that authority figure, uh, whomever that might be, then the alternative might their consequence might be that you're not even in the community anymore. You may lose friends and family. Uh, I mean, uh, t- to bring it back to what uh, Daniela said in her book, uh, she, she talks about how, uh, how difficult it was uh, in addressing, in addressing uh, uh, the sexual assault in the military as a woman, because of the, yeah the way that the authority is structured and you're basically alienating yourself both from your community and also, uh, you're putting yourself in dire circumstances from the consequences of that can be employed in your place of employment.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, there's so many, there's so many different ways in which uh, coercion and manipulation show up. You know, like you said, it's, sometimes it's very direct gun to the head situation. Sometimes it's, uh, uh other threats of physical violence sometimes it's simply uh threats that something nebulously bad could happen to you you know and sometimes it's implicit threats that have to do with like you said just being member being uh, ousted from a community that you might value uh and for all of these reasons um, you know unfortunately all of this stuff goes I mean, it's it's, it's under- fucking avoided. it's fucking dennis you know and always I mean, sunny it's, when he uh, says
1: it's because of the implication And, and he's, he's basically talking about, uh, threatening sexual assault and, and, uh, the other character, um, uh, uh, not Charlie, um, uh, Mac says, uh, it's, it's, it sounds, it sounds like you're talking about rape and he's like, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm, what I'm saying. And like, they go back and forth and it's clearly that that's what he's talking about. Uh, and, and, uh, it, but it's, it's the same because we have this difficulty in seeing something that is not a gun to the head as coercion and i think that that's where so much of this dialogue runs into runs into trouble because we 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 assume that the only form of co- i mean maybe not but I, the the general assumption is that the only form of a co- coercion is threat of violence and it's just as much any of the other forms well
0: that's that's the, that's the assumption exactly i i would say that's the assumption on the right that's the assumption of those that support patriarchy, uh, is that they their only justification or the only thing that they're willing to call rape is exactly that, something that has an explicit violence involved in it. And, you know, rape uh, has been defined as an act of violence, so so there is that. But um, I think, again, when, when we go into um, more liberal spaces and we're talking about deconstructing from patriarchy, you know, we've, we've got to... We just got to get more real with ourselves and we've got to listen to the experiences of women. And and not only that, we as men, I mean, we're, you know, we're three dudes, you know, fairly uh, middle <laughs> aged to older age dudes, you know, sitting here talking about this. There's no question we have been indoctrinated. Yeah. Heavily growing up in this culture, it, it, you know, even by movies from the freaking eighties or whatever, where haha, it's so funny that this guy is emotionally manipulating this woman to sleep with him, you know, or seeing how many uh, women he can screw in the in the process of, in the in a certain amount of or time, or even more explicit to them about sexual uh,
2: sexual abuse. Like yeah, the movie Sixteen Candles is a great example of that. Like literally, <laughs> yeah, like, he he like has, I was has literally sex with, the, that sex movie, with the girl when, when while she that. is passed out drunk. Like, it's like, it, it, there is no gray area here. Like, it's not even just sort of, you know, sort of cringy. It is absolute yeah. sexual abuse. And that movie was a staple of everybody's, you know, kind of film yeah, exactly. life for a decade.
0: Dude, I watched that. I loved that movie. I watched that movie like 10 times when I yep, it was literally, I was the target audience. I was like 16 when it came out. I was like, you know, so, so, um, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, that shit is so, uh, it's so pervasive in our culture that just as, as soon as you start digging into it, it's like, Oh my God, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's everywhere. You're, you're soaking in it, you know? And it's, I think that's our, our sort of political moment and we're, we're kind of getting away from the new age, but it's connected, you know, but uh, you know, that's where we're at, I think. And, and, and again, it's, it's a reckoning, a cultural reckoning, but it's also a reckoning on on the part of each and every one of us to be like, Oh man, there were, there are definitely some times, in, you know, this, that and the other instance in my life that I can think of where I was, I was, uh, you know, doing something I really shouldn't have been doing. I'm, I'm, you know, something that I have to make amends for, that I have to, you know, just really do a little soul inventory. And, and not necessarily because I'm a bad person, but because my culture told me that it was fine, you know, it's, that it's okay to manipulate people in this particular way. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're, we are culturally in that moment. And that's, I guess, why, why uh, the brand thing and, and others um, like it. The whole, that scenario why, why those things are so compelling to us because they're they're a chance for us to really look and see like well okay what is this what does this mean you know what what can we do with this information rather than just say oh another person who you know succumbed to um the 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 usual lures of fame and fortune and you know has fallen taken a fall like everyone else i mean there's always there's always another layer or or more to it and uh, we get a chance to uh, dive. I think in that default
2: story sort of you know this being a standard tale of you know falling into the into you know into the pitfalls of fame and fortune that needs to be seen as absolutely crazy. That 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 needs to be seen as like what the fuck was going on with this person? What were they thinking? How could they behave this way? And those questions need to be wrestled with rather than simply seeing that, like, you know, like you're describing as just some kind of an excuse of, you know, this time, the you know, this this age old tale of, you know, of riches ruining another person and power ruining somebody else. You know, like that's where we that's the direction I think that we need to go where we start seeing those things as as a horror story rather than. Yeah, you know, again, another example of boys will be boys. Mm, yeah,
0: exactly. I think that's a good point. I, I, uh, I would agree with those who say that power corrupts and that it, it definitely fucks with your head. I, I don't think, I do think there's a lot of truth to that. And I also think what you're saying is, is absolutely right. That, that it's, it's a, just another excuse that we have built into our culture. And it's like, ah, another person that just, and like you said, it's, it's a dismissal. It's a boys yeah. will be boys kind of, of thing. Course rich gonna be rich of course they're going to do that. Of course they'll behave that way.
1: They're rich. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. some might even say, wouldn't you? If you could just sleep with whoever you wanted to and, and do
2: as many drugs as you wanted, wouldn't you do that all day long? This is a bit of a tangent, but bear with me. The It was about... Um See now, I'm about to say I'm introducing something, and I'm telling it a tangent. I can't remember the guy's name, <laughs> and he's a famous author, and I cannot remember his name. At any rate, he is a if he was a famous author writing about uh, about race and racism in the United States, and an African American man, and he went to go visit his father in Mexico, and he was abs- he wrote about uh, being absolutely disgusted with the life his father was leading in Mexico, and this ha- this was because. All of the, the the Jim Crow laws that were oppressing b- Black people across the United States, his father was escaping that that sort of environment by moving to Mexico, where there was a, a gra- much greater degree of freedom, much less significant racism. But once he got there, his the, the reason he had such negative feelings about his father was that his dad was living there just like the big men that were oppressing him in the United States. Was it Langston Hughes? It was Langston Hughes. Thanks, Jules. Welcome. And and so he was doing exactly the same thing. So he was reacting to the, the thing that had been deprived of him as, as, a, as a young black man in the United States in those years. He was it, – it still had value. It's it, it, it still was desirable to not just fight against a system that would encourage that sort of thing in general – But instead, it was something to be sought after. It was something to to try to win for yourself. And so he went to a place where that was possible. Langston Hughes just saw that as a complete, um, like completely missing the point of the entire thing. The problem was the power structure itself and how it was being abused. Not that you should go find a way to do it yourself someplace else. And this is what this we see the same thing with rich people and the desire to acquire wealth. You know, Jules and I have covered the like the, uh, the the sort of productivity porn that you can find on social media. You know, like the, the cars and the, moti- the, the pseudo motivational expressions and stuff like that. And, but underneath all of that is that you can't possibly have any sort of happiness unless your girlfriend looks like this, your car looks like this. And it really is your girlfriend because we're only talking to specifically young men who identify as heterosexual. There, there is no, nobody else is being focused yeah. on in that particular crowd. And the, the images are already laid out. You cannot have any sort of happiness in this life without attaining these, these markers that represent your happiness. And they're not even really even representing it. That's being too generous. I think they'd contain your happiness, these things.
1: Yeah. Like that's you were awful. saying,
2: like, you know, like sort of like I'm almost apologizing for taking us out of new age, but new age exists in this entire, context with all of these other things and it's just one way that these biases manifest themselves
0: well i was just going to say that the, the the new age space is just right same deal all of these manifestation coaches who who are selling the same same deal it's all about uh you know forget about all the other philosophical and cultural and social and psychological problems with manifestation the 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 main thrust of it is is nakedly capitalistic it's nakedly like how can you get more shit how can you get more how can you get a sports car how can you get the the hot partner how can you get the dream house how can you get your malibu beach house you know it's just it it's all about that every vision board hat is just full of tchotchkes and 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 consumer durables you know it's just it's 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 gross you know uh so it, it's not it's it's only one half step away from what you're talking about. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's big writ large in, in the whole, um, in the new age sphere. And, and that's, you know, there's so many different directions we could go from here, you know, having to do with like privilege and what to do with privilege and, you know, perpetuating cycles of abuse and, you know, uh, hurt people, hurt people. And, you know, just the, the dynamics of, of, of being alive, you know, um, and trying to overcome some of those tendencies. But, but I, I like the focus myself as somebody who has mostly identified as a Buddhist. You know, over over a long period of time, um, I like because I've I've written about this quite a bit. In fact, you, you could say that that really my main the main focus of my second book, which was the one before this, um, it, it is called uh, "Overcoming Empire: A User's Guide to Personal and Global Transformation." Uh, it, it's kind of based on this premise of more or less what you're talking about is that um, we live in a culture where we, nobody knows what the word yeah. enough means, or or what what it feels like. Uh, in fact, we are actively discouraged from understanding what enough means. The, you know, the only word you're you're encouraged to understand is more. You know, it's always it's more, and and even scientifically, this has been shown that you know, in survey after survey, people are all whatever their income level is, that they always. Uh, are never quite satisfied. They 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 think they will be happy with about twenty percent more <laughs> than they're currently making, and it doesn't matter what they're yeah. making. It literally doesn't matter. They could be making they could be making uh, twenty thousand, and they would say, "Well, I think at thirty thousand I'll be happy." They could be making uh, seven million a year, and they say, oh, about ten million, uh, you know, I'll be happy." So it's just it's built into the system, and I think that is to me one of the main things we have to overcome as a society. as – as a planet for that matter. I mean, capitalism is, is, is as everywhere. And it's in infe- fact, it's, it's, it's like a virus that infects everything. Um, and it is based on this exact premise that more is never enough and that. And, and by that logic, we have to continue. Capitalism is, is a system that has to continually yeah. grow. It's sort of built into the, the uh, program is that it doesn't grow by a certain percentage point every. And the only way it can grow is by extracting more and more value from the planet, from, you know, social, social value, uh, spiritual value, attention, whatever it is, it's, it's extractive by nature. So we can see where that has led us in terms of our um, ecological crisis, you know, and that's, that's where we are. And that's one of the main reasons why it's happening is because uh, we're all participating to some degree in that. uh, And and so that's why that focus of that particular book was, was really on, the cycle of addiction, you know, we are all, we are, we are embedded in a cycle of addiction and we are victims of that system to a degree. We are all participating in, uh, in this cycle of addiction, again, of just not, we never quite have enough and we can never come to some resting point where we, uh, where we say, okay, you know what? I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, you know, I am where I am. And this leads me into, uh, um, another video that, that I just made, Somewhat recently, and that was um I call the anti-capitalist oh, yeah, manifestation. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's where I yeah where I talk about I sort of set it up as this oh you found this video and it's got you know the the powers that be have brought you to me and this is the most important video you ever see you know it's yeah the algorithm gods video <laughs> and then I go into that the yeah the algorithm gods and then I go into the idea that. Um, you know, if you want if you want to think about an equitable distribution of wealth on planet Earth, you can take, you know, it's more of a thought exercise than anything. But you can take the gross gross global product, which is the sum total of all the goods and services exchanged on planet Earth over a given year, and it's something like ninety five trillion for twenty twenty one, which is the closest year that we have figures for, and divide that by the global population. Remove the kids, if you want to be. Uh, more accurate, just count the, only the adults. Everybody's entitled to about sixteen thousand uh, dollars annual income. and And uh, you know if you really want to break it down, any any increment that you have above that, every every sixteen thousand above that is somebody else who is essentially your slave, who is using who is doing things for your to bring to you that level of of uh, standard of living. You know, so again, it's a thought experiment, but it's, I think for me, it's always been a useful guide in terms of like, you know, it's one way to answer how much is enough. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to answer that question, but it's one way to say, okay, wait a second, you know, where do I figure on that? You know, and you can even just look at other figures. Like if you're making more than $30,000 a year, you are in the global 1%. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing to consider. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, because most, the the mass majority of, I don't know if it's the majority anymore, but certainly several billion people live on less than $2 a day. That's, that figure still remains true. So, um, yeah, it's all about perspective and it's all about coming back to, um, gratitude and presence and, and, um, you know, for me as as somebody who's very concerned about the, the planet at large, it often comes back to, you know, what is my, what is my, um, carbon footprint. You know, how much am I, how much is it all correlated exactly in a pretty much a straight line graph to what your income is. You know, your, your, your global, your carbon footprint is, is pretty much uh, on that line, you know, and if you're a billionaire, you're talking about flying all over the world multiple times a day and owning many different houses that have, you know, many different uh, heating bills and cooling. bills. I mean, you're consuming so much. And even if it's not you flying all the
2: time, people are flying on your behalf. Yeah. And, and that yeah. that's the other thing, like on like to yeah. maintain your lifestyle and to and the day to day existence for somebody at some extreme of wealth, like a billionaire or even, you know, even even a hundred millionaire. There are people moving around doing things, generating waste and consuming resources to support that lifestyle.
1: You know, that, that, that really brings me to, to something that I really wanted to talk about last time and we didn't, we didn't get to, and, and I'm, I'm dying to, to get to this time, uh, which is, uh, uh, speaking of lifestyle, uh, you, you've talked on, on some of your, your different TikToks, uh, about some of the things that you do, uh, that I, I think, I think that we if if we're if we're just listening to all these things we could we could get a poor impression of of the new age and some of the ideas from the new age but i I think that there really are some really cool things that have have come out of this and some things that you're doing specifically that are really interesting and if if you want to I want to kind of dive into to the intentional community that you've talked about before, and I'll just kind of leave that open ended and, and let you let you tell us about what you're doing, what, what that means to you and and how you got into it.
0: Yeah. Well, let me go from the, the general to the specific. Um, it's not, a, it's not entirely a new age idea to live communally. Obviously there've been many um, religious communities and so forth throughout the millennia that have uh, decided to live communally. But there is a strand that runs pretty powerfully through the new age. There was a movement in the sort of the latter half of the 19th century in Europe that was called Reform or life reform. And it was it's essentially the exact duplicate of the modern day new age that has to do with people living uh, vegan lifestyles and living communally and practicing free love and and, uh, a lot of them were, were against vaccines, by the way, just as an aside. Um, Interesting. So, you know, the natural living, you know, it was this whole, they're, you know, the proto-hippies, essentially, uh, in, in Europe. And, uh, and 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 likewise, just like today's, um, most of today's hippies, they, or, or New Agers, I should say, they um, were... Pretty wealthy. Most of these people were fairly well off, so they had time to you know sit around and read re- read Blavatsky and whatever while they were uh, you know <laughs> laying, laying in their lounge chair at the spa or whatever you know. So so um, and then of course during the sixties that was the uh, uh, there was a big boom in, in communal living, and unfortunately some of that has been uh, not only then but throughout history been connected with cults. And you know basically it's it's a if you have it's one way to to maintain control. Over a group is if you have them all in the same geographical setting, you know, that's certainly one way yeah. to sort of yeah. keep control over your flock. Um, but there is definitely a positive side, which has to do with, um, you know, sharing resources. I think that's one of the main benefits of living communally is that, you know, people always talk about why does everyone have to have a goddamn lawnmower? You know, like if you if you yeah. live with a in, in a neighborhood even if not even in necessarily intentional community, but just in a neighborhood where, where everyone disagrees, you know, we're just going to buy one damn lawnmower because we use it. What? (laughs) Like maximum once a week and everybody, you know, so it's just this kind of thing where like, it's, it's an exercise in trying to live more sensibly uh, with less consumption. So in my case, I was just very lucky. I'd always wanted to live in a communal situation. It just always appealed to me. It always made the most sense. Uh, And it became especially um, urgent when, uh, my wife and I were pregnant with our daughter and we decided we really wanted to raise her in that kind of situation. And so we were actually moving to the town we live in now. And we were looking around and, and we just got really lucky because we knew somebody who lived somewhere. And then we met members of this community. Um, there's about 12 of us right now. but um, And I think that was roughly the number then. There's, and a few of those are kids. So we met some people in the community and then we were like, wow, that those people seem great. Seems like a wonderful situation. A wonderful location. The houses are really cool and just the right size. They're small and cozy, but they're also, you know, it, it was the perfect mix. And and the model that we're that I live in is a co housing community, which is to me, it's the it's the nice balance between living community and having your own autonomy as well. Everyone's got their own structure, their own dwelling, but we come together. In fact, every Monday uh, today, we're going to have our potluck. So we, you know, we come oh, together, very and we, cool. we have little, little themes for the potluck, you know, dress up in certain ways, or we're celebrating somebody's birthday and we have food themes, you know, et cetera, breakfast, breakfast for dinner or whatever, you know, whatever the theme might be. Uh, and sometimes we'll add to that and extend it and do song circle or whatever. So, so there is, there is a lot of communal activities and everybody's got a chore and so forth. But at the same time, we have a lot of individual autonomy and privacy. And to me, that's a, a, a wonderful
1: mix. It, it almost sounds like a Dutch style um, damn, what is it called? I don't remember what it is, but it but it's almost like this this way of living that they had where there was this like uh, um courtyard or center area and 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 the 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 neighborhood was built around that. and then everybody would come together. I don't remember what it's called right now, but it's it was like some Dutch model,
0: yeah, there that is often the case with uh, some intentional communities and with uh, when you start getting larger than that and you start talking about eco-villages and eco-villages often are similarly arranged around like a communal space, communal garden. Um, there are a few in, in this area that, that my wife and I looked at. You know, there are certain places where we wanted to live uh, throughout our relationship uh, before our daughter came along, actually. And, you know, you have to there's a wait list and, you know, so we never really got into those kind of but a lot of them were organized in that particular way, which is I think is great. Um, so yeah, when you're talking about eco-villages, you're also talking about um, at least in some cases living off the grid and generating your own power and, and growing your own food and, and all that kind of stuff. We're not. My particular community is not at that level. You know, we still go grocery shopping, and but we do get a lot of stuff from the garden. And we have an abundance of fruit trees, and we're always picking lemons and other fruit off the trees. And a couple pear trees right outside my house. You know, so it's it's it's, it's sounds awesome. like paradise. I'm, yeah, it's it, you know hot tub, swimming pool. It's all, it's awesome. And and it's in a very beautiful area. So I I am incredibly lucky. And you know, that is something that should be um, noted is that it's, it does sound like paradise, but it's also one is not, uh, it's not, it's, it's always an open question among people who live in community uh, and who are into the community living movement in general, like whether this is sustainable for everyone on earth, like,
1: is it, is it scalable?
0: exactly is it scalable like i'm i'm lucky and i'm incredibly privileged to be to be living here and i and i don't take it for granted uh but could is it possible for everyone to live like this i don't know is there enough land is there enough resources is is it is it the case that some of some people do have to live in cities or they you know and 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 it's it should be pointed out definitely that you know i there's also a certain amount of uh privilege other kinds of privilege that comes with like i i don't think i could live in this way if i uh had a severe disability or if I, you know, even if I was in a wheelchair or something, you know, it's, it's just, is not, it is not wheelchair accessible at all. You know I mean? So it's, there, there are elements like that, that it's, that have to be addressed. They can't be just glossed over or overlooked, but I will say that just for my own, um, you know, my own experience, it's been a wonderful, you know, it, it is wonderful. It continues to be and my, my wife and I, my family, we have no plans to, to move out, you know, to, leave this situation because you know, every day we're like, yeah, this is awesome. So,
1: and I, I think it's, I think it's useful to, to think about the context of living in capitalism, living in hierarchy, statism, that, that there's, there's this, it, this inclination that a lot of folks have to, to think that they're able to do everything or, or, or that they have to do everything or that if they're not doing everything, then maybe they'll do nothing. And, and I think that, I think, I think that the, the accurate way to think about it is, uh, do what, do what you can today, do what you have the spoons for today and don't worry about the rest. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost related to the, to the same kind of a thing, which is, uh, the, there's there's a phrase that's very common and popular, which is that uh, there's no eth- ethical consumption under capitalism. So don't worry too much if you're you know getting a T-shirt yeah. on Amazon because you can afford that T-shirt on Amazon because it's five bucks and you don't make enough money otherwise. And and also maybe the the effort and labor that it's required to to go get the ethically sourced T-shirt is going to consume a whole lot of your, your, your time or, or energy or whatever it is. Don't worry about Absolutely. it. Just get the $5 shirt. But yeah. if you also get, you know, the vegan boots today when you could just easily not get the vegan, vegan boots. Cool. No, no big deal. No big deal. And, and you can, you can enjoy the- I actually rather like a phrase that, that I thought of, which is uh, I think a little bit better than that phrase, which is uh, you can't shop your way to freedom. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you can drive so, yourself. You can drive yourself crazy. Everyone's got to have principles, and we we all do our best to, you know, have have a lighter footprint on the earth and to live lightly and live simply, so that others may simply live and all of that. And but at the same time, as you mentioned, we you can drive yourself completely nuts when you get into like where was this source from and where was this thir- in this farm and how were they treated? How were the animals treated and, and all of that? I mean, I personally avoid all of that, all of the animal stuff because i've I've been mostly a vegan for most of my life so i i feel good about that and i and i definitely would encourage those who are open to it uh to and able to do so to uh, be vegetarian and and vegan if possible i would definitely encourage that but but you can also you can definitely get into a kind of it's almost a version of orthorexia which is the that, uh, the eating disorder where, where only, only pure things go into your body. You cannot eat anything that, that is not organic, hundred percent organic. And, and that hasn't, doesn't have the right vibration to it. You know, like that is just throughout the the, the new age. And it's, it's technically an eating disorder where where it's, you know, you I've you're never obsessive. heard this before orthorexia. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mentioned it in a video called, um, um, yoga and body fascism because body fashion is, is something I, I write about and other, other commentators have talked about it. I've talked about a conspirituality and so forth, but it's basically the idea that, it, that the, the critical lens that we use and maybe even the same in, in positive ways, sometimes if you turn it in, inwards, or even if you turn it outwards in a, in a, in direct it in, in an unkind way, it becomes judgment. It becomes, you don't fit, you know, you, your body is not the right kind of body to practice yoga. You're, you um, you know uh, just judgment on in terms of like what is the correct uh, body type and and uh, there's a lot of ableism in there and then when it's turned inward it becomes uh you know a fascination with with how you look and getting plastic surgery and and eating disorders and and one of them is as i said orthorexia which is this idea that only pure things can go into my body my body is a temple and so you know so when when that thinking you know, takes hold, you know you can go in all kinds of very unhealthy directions. So, yeah, it's, it comes back to also self compassion. You know how do we how do we live? But uh, always having compassion for ourselves and our unique position in the world. And you know, uh, are we all doing everything we can? No, of course not. We're are, are we always falling short of our own ideals? Of course. And that's that's fine. You know, that's part of the human experience. We yeah. we, we don't and need to wake making up every an morning. And, yeah. And, and even if you know, I don't. I don't want to say intentions are everything, but but if that intention is there, then we'll always be at least in some sense striving to uh, again walk lighter on the earth and and be kinder and and be more patient and be more loving. And uh, that's it's wonderful to have that ideal, and it's also totally fine to to fall short of it all the time. I mean, ideally, you're not falling so short that you're. You're unliving people, but uh, you know you are
2: killing. killing. It <laughs> happened again.
1: Oh, we are. We
2: have boiled our brains by trying to uh, like live within the boundaries of the algorithm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for the rec- I did it on purpose. For the record, I just wanted to end- All <laughs> <on> the-
0: right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna start saying it in normal speech. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, don't be a dick. You know, that's that's the bottom line.
1: I, I couldn't think of a better way to close. Don't be a dick. That's the bottom line that
0: maybe that, that should have been the is... name of my book. The name of my book.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all, all of my books have the say have that as the subtitle, essentially.
1: You, you even have another another book. I'm not going to talk about it necessarily right now, but uh, but you even have a book uh, that's about um, uh, it was a cookbook that looked really cool. So you, you've got a you've got a full cool uh, a handful of really cool books. I, I I haven't picked that one up yet, but that's that's my next to do. Well, for the um, record, it
0: is it is not uh, it wasn't a cookbook per se. It is just a list of what I called superfoods or functional foods, just very high uh, thing when I was a, when I was a foodie and was more obsessed with that kind of thing when I f- sort of first became a vegan and uh, or a vegetarian and mostly vegan. I'm a half ass vegan. I I love uh, baked goods and things. You know, and I love sour cream yeah. in my burritos, so I'm not going to let that stuff go. But anyway, um, <laughs> the the uh, yeah, that, that that particular book is just a, you know, where can I get the most nutrition in this in these different things? Because at the time I was seeing all these foods of like, what the hell is acai? Where did it come from? What is the story? And so I just wrote little pithy little stories about where it comes from and who eats it and why. You
1: know, oh, but, yeah, awesome. different
0: books and uh, like Ed you mentioned last time, music and stuff. And I don't talk much about that these days, but you know if anybody is interested it's all online
1: uh well uh, is there anything else that you wanted to to add before we before we closed out for the day um
0: i don't think so i was just going to say it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys it's always it's always a pleasure to talk with uh, like-minded people who are open and curious and uh kind and uh, you know, basically on the same wavelength about most stuff, and so it's been great. And again, any anytime you want to do it in the future, I'm I'm here.
1: Oh, oh, we'll we'll wrangle you back in. I, I can guarantee it at some point. <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, well, even if again, it's like a year from now and check just to check in, see see where we're all at.
1: Oh, for sure. That sounds great. Hopefully, uh, you guys uh,
0: will still still be doing what you're doing.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, again, thank thanks so much for coming on. I mean, it, it's it, it it's been an absolute joy, and and I feel like we learned a lot too Uh, is there uh, where can people uh, where can people find you besides TikTok or also on TikTok where can people find you
0: net is my it's just my full name. D a r r i n d r d a is a website. There are probably links to other places. Uh, someone recently asked about my artwork, and you can you can buy things. I think it's connected to Redbubble, which is one of these places that prints your artwork on t-shirts and mugs and anything you choose. Uh, so that's one way to access that stuff. But yeah, a lot of it's through the website. That's my primary presence apart from my TikTok these days, which is. Uh,
1: you know, consuming an unfortunate amount of my time <laughs> and your tiktok is new age wasteland right that's it yeah yeah it just it, there's there's not the in front of it or anything like that Nope. uh and uh and of, and of course check out his book it's really it's really great really phenomenal well th- thank Thanks you. again and uh uh we'll we'll catch you next time
2: all right thanks guys bye darren
1: thank you
0: many blessings
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of Wet Wired and a special thank you as always to our lovely Patreon supporters. If you'd like to get another episode every week, you can subscribe at patreon.com forward slash wetwired.
1: You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at wetwiredpod. And we have a Discord server. The link will be in the show notes as usual. See you later, everybody. Later, skaters.